1: Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Lucy Hewitt, and her guest experts. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here is Lucy Hewitt.
2: Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline Hewitt.
3: And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD. And welcome to our show today. We finally have gotten our cold weather here in Minneapolis. And yes, it's below zero, cracking cold, but it's beautiful and sunny out. It's really what makes us hearty people here in Minnesota. Now, Thanksgiving was a week ago, and we hope that you had the chance to make some or even all of the recipes and foods that we talked about over the last few shows. And if you did have that chance to make those foods, hopefully you should have felt great and energized instead of sluggish after your holiday meal. Um, my Thanksgiving experience, we have classes here, the fitness classes here at the studio in the morning, and I really, really like on holidays coming in and teaching classes. People are just in such a good mood and just happy to have the day off from work. And so we've got the classes in the morning, and then we were done maybe around noon or so. And then the rest of the family said, well, I'm going to take my dogs for a walk, or um, someone else has some other thing to do. And I thought, okay, well, we'll eat at about 2 o'clock. I think that sounds about right. So I went home, and we had already had the turkey in the oven. So it had been in there, and it pretty much was done by 1230. So I took that out and proceeded to make all kinds of these other things, of vegetables and got the squash in the oven and um, made some rosemary potatoes. And I had the radio on and I was just really having a great time cooking. And it got to be two. And then some of the family wanted to extend, well, we're still out. It'll be a couple more hours. And then it got to be three and four. And all of a sudden I'm going, okay, I am getting really, really hungry. So I did Tabata boot camp in the morning and a bunch of other classes. And I was thinking we were going to eat it too. And now it's four o'clock and we, we ended up not eating till maybe five or 5.30. And so my experience was just not a great thing for me. It would have been better if I would have planned a little bit better and had something earlier because by the time we ate, I was just was starving. So even though we had just fabulous food, lots of really good vegetables and the turkey it was really, really great, I just ate too much and <laughs> going, oh, my gosh, I just really, really feel full. And so I just wanted to bring that up. You know, it's just an example of – planning and we've talked about that on some of our other shows about the key to eating well really is planning and um for me if i i think if i just would have planned a little bit better and known hey we're we're not going to eat until 5 I would have had something to eat earlier in the day. And yes, of course, I had breakfast because that was like at about 6.30 or 7 a.m. So just wanted to put that out there. I really, really enjoyed my Thanksgiving anyway, but um, did feel like I ate a little bit too much there, even if it was good food. Now, today... We're going to be discussing fats, and fats in a couple different terms. Fats in terms of the fats that you would eat, like fats and oils. And we're also going to discuss the fat on your body, body composition. And body composition, meaning how much fat, muscle, and water you have in your own body. And it's that composition of your body with the fat, the muscle, and water that really determines a great amount of your health or non-health that will be our topic today and we're taking callers we would love to hear from you we'd love to hear your questions we'd like to hear your experience with body composition that could be maybe diets that you've tried and maybe those diets have either worked or they didn't work for you or maybe you have questions on the types of fat to eat or not to eat we really would like to hear from you and no question or comment at all is ever foolish if you're thinking that then for sure other people are thinking that and it's helpful for all of us. And so here's what you do: you just call us, your phone, you find it, and the number is 1-866-472-5792. Mm-hmm. And now if you don't want to talk, you could email us. And if you're if you're on, on the on, on the site for the show, you can just click on the email. Otherwise, this is what the email is. Info at MyBodyBalanceNutrition.com and just go ahead, send us an email and we can talk to you that way.
2: And if you're also listening to a replay and you come up with questions, email those to us and we'll either answer them on the next radio show or we'll email you back a response. Mm -hmm.
3: And while we're talking about communication, there's another way that you can communicate with us too. And that's on our blog. We post a lot of different recipes and different articles about health. And there's a chance for you to respond. Now, if you respond, we always see that. And then we can respond to you and kind of open up a discussion. And another way would be on Facebook, on our Um, Body Balance Facebook page and that's another great place that we, we post really great information for people. Go there and get that information and feel free also to communicate with us or respond to those articles. We really do like to hear from you, and we hear that there's a lot of people in the Texas area, and so we never talk to people from Texas. So we, just, we, just once we, a month, our favorite teacher works there. Uh-huh. And so we, we really would love to hear from you so let 's get into our topic um, we 're we're talking about fats, and one thing I wanted to bring up is that we had had a couple of different cooking classes this week, and in one of them we were making some desserts and in our desserts, if you have gotten the recipes for them or see them on the blog you 'll notice that there's quite a bit of fat and we use a lot of nuts, maybe cashews and we use coconut oil and we use pasture butter and what happens in these classes if there are people that aren't current clients with us or maybe people from the outside They, you can just see it on their faces and then eventually they say something they're just absolutely astonished by how much fat that we're putting into these desserts and into other foods that we make as well and it seems very surprising that you would be at a nutrition class or you're listening to a nutrition radio show and somebody's telling you to eat somewhat large quantities of fat but that is what we're going to be talking about today day and we'll be learning about how actually eating fat can dramatically improve your body composition so we're not saying it's okay for everybody to be overweight and fat and we don't really care that it has a lot of calories you should just eat it anyway that's not at all what we're talking about and so that will all unfold as as the show unfolds for you but let's just get into this issue about calories in and calories out. Because people know that in fat, there's a lot of calories in fat. And that's a question that comes up. Oh, how many calories are in this piece of, of chocolate cream cake? And w- whenever somebody brings that up in class, we think, well, I, I don't know. And it's, and that's an irrelevant question. It's irrelevant because body composition is not about calories in and calories out. And we've all been taught that for many, many years, that if you want to lose weight, what you should do is eat less, eat fewer calories, and exercise more. So basically, take in fewer calories and expend more calories. And that's not necessarily true for many, 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 many people. And. Uh, for people that are way overeating processed foods and those sorts of foods, of course, you're going to want to cut back or eliminate those altogether. But we're going to find out that it's not just simply a matter of calories. And this is where we would really like to hear from you because what we hear from from a lot of people is, you know, I did go on a diet and I did lose twenty five pounds. But then the weight just came back on. And then they do that again and again and again and end up with this weight that goes up and down and up and down. And what people end up finding out is that it's not sustainable weight loss when you starve yourself and use deprivation and barely eat anything. And yes, you can do it for a while, for a few weeks maybe or maybe even a few months. But people can't sustain that. So what we're here to learn today is a sustainable way of eating that will dramatically change your body composition. And what I mean by change for most people, that means either maintaining your muscle mass or maybe adding a few pounds of muscle onto your body. It means losing body fat for most people, and it means improving your water status. And water status doesn't necessarily mean have more water in your body because you know that there are a lot of people that are very, very bloated and actually have way too much water in their body. So we're going to start with talking about water, knowing that you could actually measure the total body water, In your body. And we do that here with something called a BIA or bio impedance analysis with these with these very uh, low level electrodes that Mm -hmm. give us lots of great numbers. And one of those is your total body water. But one thing that's interesting to notice is you could measure the total body water in one person and say it's X number of liters. Let's just say it's 10 liters. And then you could measure it in another person and it's the same number of liters. And those people look and feel dramatically different and their health is dramatically different. So when you hear, oh, yes, you should hydrate and really drink a lot of water, what you need to know is we want to be talking about if that water is inside of your cells or if the water is outside of your cells. yeah. So knowing that those are two important compartments and that if you measure it, what you would want to see is that you have a higher percentage of water inside of your cells. And that would mean all of your cells, like muscle cells, red blood cells, white blood cells, brain cells, nerve cells, all of the different cells. There isn't just like a water cell. It's not that. It's all of your, your body cells. You have water inside the cell or you have water out. And there should be a higher percentage, say like 60% or so, should be inside of your cells and less percentage outside of your cells. Because that's so- where
2: the body actually uses the
3: water. That's what mean- you mean by hydrated, Right. Well, exactly, and, and your body does use the water outside of your cells as well, so you would never think you want 100% of your water inside of your cells. Mm-hmm. You use the water all over your body, But you want to have a higher percentage inside of the cell, and one of the reasons is you've got a lot of different organelles like mitochondria and Golgi bodies and all kinds of different things inside of your cells that need a fair amount of hydration to do what they need to do with your DNA and with energy production. So you want to have a good percentage of water inside of your cell. The water outside of your cell is obviously necessary too. If you didn't have any, you just kind of dry up like a potato job. Mm -hmm. So you need to have water out there as well. But what we find when we measure these different body um, compositions for people with the BIA is that many, many times they have a higher percentage of water outside of the cell. And that will be a person that looks bloated and they complain of bloating also and then maybe they look kind of puffy. And they also usually have low energy and they usually have trouble with their weight as well. So it kind of goes as a package all together with this extracellular water.
2: Or you might notice that your rings don't come on and off very easily or that fluctuates often for you or you have those sock lines on your legs when you take your socks off.
3: Absolutely. And those would all be signs of bloating and too much extracellular water. So you might wonder, well, how, how did I get that way and how do I fix it? Well, the way that a person gets that way is you want to understand that we have a lot of toxins in the environment and we're all exposed to toxins. So nobody gets away from that. We've, we've all got that issue. But there's differences with people. Some people are exposed to more toxins than others depending on where you live or what you're doing for work or what you're doing for hobbies. And the other difference is that we all have different abilities different abilities to uh, detoxify. So some people have livers that are just amazing at detoxifying. You have all these different enzymes. Some people have very active and great enzymes that they just were born with. And other people, their enzymes aren't quite so, so wonderful. They have a lot more difficulty detoxifying. And that would be differences in the liver. You also want to understand that you have organs of elimination that get rid of toxins. And those organs would be your skin, your lungs, your colon, your kidneys, and your lymph. And if you go through those, you, you already know these. This shouldn't be new information for you, but if we just put it together, maybe that's new for you. But you know that when you sweat, you're actually sweating out acids and toxins. So sweating, sweating from exercise or sweating from a sauna or from a UV sauna, it's, it's, or infrared sauna is going to be very beneficial to eliminate toxins on a daily basis. Breathing is very important. When you breathe off that carbon dioxide, that's getting rid of excess acids and also excess toxins in your body. And one great way to breathe is to exercise. And then the lymph. Lymph doesn't have pumps like your arteries and your circulatory system does. And so in order to get your lymph to move, your lymph carry toxins to the lymph nodes and then dump it into another system and get rid of them. But in order to move your lymph, you have to move your body. So there we have exercise or movement again. And then we have the kidneys. The kidneys need to have plenty of water going into your body to filter through so that you can pee out the toxins. And then the last one, one of the most important ones is the colon. If you're not pooping at least once a day, sometimes maybe two or three times a day, those toxins build up in your colon and they get Reinstated into your body by auto intoxications, just going right through the colon wall back into your bloodstream. So very, very important that you keep those five organs of elimination open. So when people talk about detoxification, often you like to go to the store maybe and get this box that's this week that you do this detoxing, which sometimes that can be beneficial for people. However, what we like to tell people is it's going to be important before you do anything like that to make sure that your five organs of elimination are working and that you've maximized them. Because you can see that if you go to the store and get this box of, oh, let's just do a detox, but you're constipated. Or you're sitting around all week because you're low on energy and you're not moving and you're not breathing and you're not sweating you're actually releasing toxins in your body but you're not releasing them out through your breath through your sweat through your pee through your poop and then out through your lymph and ultimately the liver takes all that and dumps dumps that as well so we want to just be aware of those five organs of elimination Skin brushing is another great one. If you get, they look like a bath brush, they would be natural bristles. And you take that before your shower and brush your skin, always brushing towards your heart. And you brush in a pretty vigorous manner. And this is good for your lymph system to get the lymph moving. And it's also good for your skin to remove those dead skin cells to open up the lines of elimination through the skin and so here we're we're just still on this topic of body composition talking about water so I'm just bringing everybody back to where we were and we're talking about this extracellular water that people build up that extracellular water because of the toxin load in your body your body sees these toxins and says this is a dangerous situation so we need to dilute the toxins and the way to dilute it is just to hold on to a lot of water so that it's less dilute so you can see that one one way to help yourself to get rid of that excess bloat is to open up these lines of elimination through your body, toxin elimination, get yourself pooping, drink more water to pee more, get yourself moving, sweat and breathe. So none of these are brand new ideas that anybody's heard about. They're all very, very basic. It's just that we sometimes think that that's just too simple to do and it couldn't really make a big difference. But if you try those, you'll find they actually have far-reaching benefits for people and you start to see this bloating go down. And um, now there are other ways to get some of that bloating to go down, but those are going to be the basic and the first ways, the most important ways for you to start. And then... The next way is um, we have a break that's going to be coming up. And when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about minerals and various products or substances that you can use to assist you to bring more water inside of your cell and to reduce that extracellular water that just causes bloating and puffiness that nobody wants to have. So, Lucy, do you see, is it time for a break yet? It, it is time for a break. So when
2: we come back, call us at one 4725792 or during the break email us at info at nutrition.com. We'll see you back soon.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
4: Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people, too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that? Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, president and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network.
0: We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel.
1: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk, To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at com. Now back to the show.
2: Hello, welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, along with Madeline and Jeannie. And we're going to be dis- we- continuing our discussion on fat loss and water distribution.
3: Yeah, and what we're really talking about today is body composition. Mm-hmm. And just reviewing that body composition, we're talking about your water and your water balance. And then we're talking about fat, and then we'll be talking about muscle. And just going back to a lot of people really focus on weight. And maybe somebody in their 40s or 50s says, Oh, I just want to weigh what I weighed when I was in high school. Or maybe they do actually weigh what they weighed in high school. But... But they say, but my clothes fit completely different and I just look totally different. And that's an example where maybe you have the same exact weight, but your whole body composition is different. And if you don't put effort towards doing something with your body composition as you age, it's just gonna it, it, it will just keep moving in what most people would call the negative directions, meaning that you would end up with more extracellular water and bloat and you would end up end up with less muscle and you would end up with more fat. And you could actually do all of that and weigh exactly the same on the scale so that you go, wow, that's interesting. When I was in high school, I looked great in a bikini. But if I put that on today, I'm the same weight, but everything is all like puffy and flabby. And But I weigh the same, so I I just don't get it. And that's an example of somebody that we would call skinny fat, where you might see these people and they're walking around just with their regular clothes on. And they don't look like a large person at all. And you would never say, Oh, you know what? You really need to lose weight because they look like a pretty small person. But if you do the BIA or any other sort of measure of body composition and find, Wow, you know what? Your body fat is actually 35 or 40 percent. And, you know, most of your water that you have is extracellular. It's outside of the cells. That would indicate to that person, oh, that's why I feel puffy and I don't, when I put that bikini on, I look terrible compared to what I looked like before, even that I weigh the same amount on the scale. So I just want to point out that... You know, we really want to get away from only thinking about numbers on the scale. They definitely have their purpose using scales, and I would never tell somebody just to throw your scale away. There's a purpose for it, but you want to use that in conjunction with knowing something about your body composition. And uh, here, where we work with many, many different clients, we we rarely come across. Actually, I don't think we ever have come across somebody who has an ideal body composition in terms of fat percentage. Most people that we work with have fat fat content of about 35 or 38 or maybe even 40% body fat. And just to put that in perspective, what you would want for your body fat percentage for a woman would be down around 20%. Okay. For men, 20% is going to be okay. Men usually would desire to have a few less percents than that. And very lean men would be down at around 12% body fat. So if you have 30 or 35 or 40% body fat, that's an indication that, um, that that's not going to be healthy for you. It's important to know that excess fat cells, it's not just that they're unsightly or people just don't like it. It's not that it's an aesthetic issue. The real issue here is that excess fat on people's body creates inflammatory cytokines and interleukins. And those words, you don't even need to know. All that you would want to know is that when you have excess fat, it creates an inflammatory state in your body. Now, a long time ago, people used to think that fat was this kind of inert substance that is kind of like a a, a, a blob, (laughs) and it just sits there. And it doesn't do anything. It's metabolically inactive. It's just sitting there with nothing. But the truth is that nothing in your body just sits there and is inert. And fat is actually very, very active. And fat sends messages. And it does things just like your other cells do. And it sends inflammatory messages when you have excess fat. So obviously, you definitely need to have fat on your body. It's not about having zero fat. That is very, very beneficial for you, but not when it's up in the high percentages. And so that's why we're talking about body composition today. And there's just a lot of misunderstandings about body composition. And one of the biggest ones is just only using the scale to measure
2: Yes. Yeah, that comes up with some of my clients where we might be working together for a while and they've been losing weight and they'll get to a point where I'll just make up a number. They might have decreased their fat mass down to about 40%, which is still high. Uh, and then they... have are feeling better about themselves, and they say, you know what, I really like how I look now. I think I'm happy with my weight now. But 40% is high. We want it more like 20%. So having them know this information, or having all of us know this information, that fat is inflammatory, is helpful. Because it's not about what you look like. They do look great. But it's about that the fat on their body is unhealthy for them.
3: Yes, absolutely, and we definitely promote people feeling good about yourself. So, you know, even if you have excess body fat... Yes, you can still look great and you can still love how you look. That is great and that would be a a perfect place to be. So again, it's not just it's not about the looks. It's just about that this is actually a health issue. But we're going to get back to this water issue because we didn't finish answering your questions because I know you're wondering, well how do I get that water inside of the cell? Well, one great big thing is this table salt. Table salt, the white stuff sitting on the table that you sprinkle on your food that people have been told many times that you shouldn't eat any salt anymore and that it makes high blood pressure and it gives you a lot of health problems and you know what that is absolutely true that table salt does give you trouble with your health and one of the biggest troubles it gives you is this excess extracellular water and the reason it does that is because table salt is only made of sodium and chloride it's stripped of all of the other 80 or so minerals that would come along in naturally occurring salt those minerals are removed so you're left with only sodium and chloride when you you eat that your body sees that as not something beneficial for it, it sees it as a toxin, and right away says, "Hey, we have toxins in the bloodstream. Let's dilute it, and so we can all learn this rhyme: the the solution to pollution is dilution." dilution. So we want to learn that and understand that when you put those toxins in your body, such as table salt, and it can also be a number of these other chemicals that are added to processed foods, your body will dilute those. And that's what creates this excess extracellular water. What we suggest is completely get rid of any sort of table salt you have. Just toss it, throw it away, or if if you use salt for some other type of purpose, use it for that. And replace all of your salt with Himalayan salt. And this is something that we really recommend people use, and we even recommend it higher than sea salt. So I'm just going to say this, if your only choice is using sea salt, that's going to be a huge benefit over table salt. However, the, it, it's the original Himalayan crystal salt is what you're looking for. And what's different about this salt is not only does it carry all these different minerals, the sea salt also carries those minerals. So that's a benefit there of sea salt. But the Himalayan salt, this, this is salt from the ancient Himalayan sea that has dried up and it's at the base of the Himalayan mountains. It's, it's in these salt caves that the salt has been compressed for thousands and thousands of years, creating this crystalline structure for the salt. So not only does it have all of those minerals, but it's in a special crystalline structure so that when you ingest the salt, it's Easily brought right inside of your cell. And when the salt goes inside of your cell, water follows along with it. And it's a fabulous, fabulous way to hydrate inside of your cells is this crystalline salt. Now you'll and it's it's somewhat expensive. I mean I really think it's affordable. You spend whatever thirty dollars on a box but it lasts you for over a year. Mm-hmm. I think it's affordable, but yes, it's expensive. And so people look for cheap alternatives. And there are, you can look anywhere and find something called Himalayan salt. And you go, that's, I'm going to buy that. This is cheap. But you, you really pay for what you get. And, That salt is going to be better than your regular table salt. However, there are the Himalayan mountains and they have lots of streams and water up there. So that inexpensive salt is from the Himalayas, but it's from those streams. You just take that water and distill it off and then you're left with the salt. And that's nice and that's going to be a better product then the table salt, however, it's not in that special crystal and structure that you get from that compressed salt that was compressed for those thousands of years. So the big difference here is the structure of the salt itself, and you can see that on our blog, we have an, a blog entry that talks about salt and bloating, and there are these electron microscope pictures, little photographs of, of the Himalayan crystal st- salt, and you can see the crystalline structure, then you see the sea salt, which looks completely different, and that looks different from the table salt. So there are very, very big differences in the salt that you eat. And for most people, that's a very, very simple dietary change to make because Mm -hmm. Himalayan salt, it either tastes the same to you or for most people, they say it tastes better. So this isn't anything like a compromise or it tastes worse or it's going to be anything that's going to be inconvenient or bad for you. Some
2: people say they
3: even just use less of it. Uh huh, they maybe use less, but you know, it's good to actually use them. It is. This is is a beneficial food to eat. So your body actually sees this as a source of minerals. And so you wouldn't necessarily want to just cut back on it. You go, no, this is a source of minerals. And most all of us are deficient in minerals. So we would want to see this as a source of minerals. Yeah, and for me, I don't really notice a huge difference in the taste of the two different types of salt, but I notice a dramatic difference in my bloating and my puffiness, and I've been using Himalayan salt for a couple of years now, but um, a couple months ago, I went out and got one of those rotisserie chickens, and I was eating it, and as I was eating it, I noticed that I felt puffier like in my hands
2: and around my neck and my face and my cheeks I could actually feel myself
3: getting puffier and then sure enough the next day my rings were tight and there was a pretty big difference so for me it's it's an actual it's really easy to switch that habit all you have to do is switch what salt you're eating and then stay with the Himalayan salt and it makes a really big difference. Mm -hmm. For most people, they find that there's about three pounds of excess extracellular water. Some people, if you're a bigger person, that could be even up to 10 pounds. But for the average person, what we see, it's about three pounds of just excess extracellular water that will disappear if you just switch your salt. And what you feel is just a more defined, like if you touch your face, if you're washing your face, you feel more defined face and facial bones and your fingers just feel a little bit more defined and your feet might even shrink just a little bit when you have less swelling if you yeah. if you had the problem with swelling in the first place that happened to me i had to get some new shoes <laughs> yeah shopping <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah and you might notice too if you've been eating himalayan salt consistently for a while and you've decreased that extracellular fluid and then you go out and eat some of that table salt you'll puff up again Like Madeline said, it's pretty noticeable right away. Mm -hmm. That's why we keep it in
3: our purse. Yeah, in our purse For men that don't have purses, it's a little bit more difficult. But if you have something where you can carry um, a small amount of that Himalayan salt and you're out, ask for the food to be prepared without salt and then just use your own. And for people that that haven't made any of these dietary changes, these, these things might sound like they're very extreme, but makes for a huge difference in quality of life for people. So that's why we make kind of a big deal out of it. We haven't found anybody who's who's done this who isn't so pleased with it and would never, ever, ever go back to regular table salt. Now there's something else too, and that's just your overall mineral intake that helps you to bring water inside of your cells. So as a sign of having all that exercise fluid. One of the problems is these toxins and another one can be a lack of minerals in your body. And um, a, a great source of minerals is going to be vegetables for sure, especially organic vegetables that were grown on some sort of fertile land. And then it, we really recommend people take some sort of green drink every day. Green drinks that maybe have chlorella or some seaweed or a whole variety of greens. And something we love over here is a product called Dynamic Greens. And um, it comes from these various flavors and it tastes good. Because we, over here, we really like only having foods and drinks that taste good. Oh, yes. So we're not into things that taste bad and uh, so that's why we like dynamic greens it comes in chocolate, strawberry kiwi, now it comes in espresso it comes in mint and the mint is actually great, it's a spearmint and then it comes in a berry flavor so there's five different flavors and all you do, take a scoop of that mix it in water and drink it and it rapidly brings water inside of your cell and cells and where you, how you can notice this is if you're somebody that exercises in any way that you exercise If you take these dynamic greens before you exercise, you're going to have a whole lot more energy to work out. And it's not energy from, you know, like caffeine or energy drinks or it's popping energy through the roof. It's because inside of your cells is hydrated. And when you have proper hydration inside of your cells, you can work out better. You can work out harder. Uh, you actually sweat better and you can think more clearly. So this is one of the huge benefits of putting a little bit of effort towards decreasing that extracellular water by getting rid of the table salt and increasing your intracellular water by using the Himalayan salt with the full, with the minerals and also by using something like dynamic greens or there's many other green drinks out there that you drink. And I'd suggest more than one a day. One a day is going to be good if you've got your diet really, really tuned up and you're already super well hydrated and you're running high. Okay, great for you. Maybe one a day is enough. But if you're somebody coming off of processed foods and you have not been eating nutritiously, I would suggest a number of glasses of those green drinks today. That's going to start to bring the hydration inside of your cells, increase your energy. It's going to start to flush out toxins and start to get you back on the way towards good nutrition. So those people would be taking more of those green drinks. Yeah. So maybe four or five a day, maybe even six for you. And then you can tone it back a little bit later.
2: And all of that nutrition from the dynamic greens helps you stay away from those other foods. Like some reason it, it, it nourishes your cells or not for no reason, but because of all those nutrients, it nourishes your cells. And then your body doesn't want the junk food as quickly
3: It's a way for you, if you're um, a Diet Coke addict or another thing, a Pepsi person or anybody who's drinking things that you want to get off of, switching to good tasting green drinks is a perfect way to do it. And another way that you can do it is take these green drinks, good tasting ones, and put it in sparkling water. And we don't recommend people have sparkling water on a regular daily basis, but as you're transitioning that could be a good transition for you and then you phase that out and it looks like it's time for a break
2: it is yes remember we're taking callers so call us at one or send us an email and when we come back we'll keep talking about body composition
1: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune into Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Mega tells it like it is. Make the most of your beautiful life. Listen to Ageless Living with Dr. Tong Lee and co-host Kurt Wilhelm to gain tips on how to live healthier and happier, alleviate suffering, prevent disease, become more beautiful in body, mind, and fashion, and find peace, balance, and success in your life. Are you aware that every 3,500 calories that you eat above what you burn will put a pound of fat on your body? And running one mile only burns 200 calories? So portion size does matter, and migraines do have a cure. What is it? You'll have to tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. Let's continue our talk on body composition.
3: Yes, and we've been discussing water status, water inside your cell, water outside your cell, and I think that we've pretty much covered that topic. Let's move on to fat. So remembering body composition is made up of your water status, your fat status, and your muscle status. So in speaking about fat... As we had mentioned before, most people are interested in having less body fat. Now, I understand not everybody. There are those of you out there who may be extremely thin with maybe lower than body fat than you should have. Okay, today we're not talking to you. So if you'd like to listen, that's great. We would even love to have you call in and get your comments on this. But we're, we're really focusing on people that are interested in decreasing their body fat. And so what we find most people think that they need to do is cut calories and cut fat. So that means eat salads with low-calorie dressing and non-fat dressing on there, and maybe maybe a little piece of melba toast. And then if they're going to be having some sort of dessert, it will be some low-fat cookies or low-fat something else. And that that actually just ends up not working for people and we can see that we've been in a low calorie low fat mode since maybe the late 60s all the way up to 2013 and people are still thinking that way but yet our, our country continues to get fatter and fatter and fatter with more and more and more diabetes and more and more chronic disease and so these dietary guidelines of cutting back and eating fewer calories and eating less fat has not worked for people. And so we're here to to tell you something else. So what we really promote is people really eating a whole lot more fat. <laughs> so that might might sound, why are you going the opposite direction? But really where this comes from is back before all of this low-fat craze when people, maybe around the turn of the century and for eons before that, ate plenty of good fats and they ate the animal fat, they ate the lard, they ate the, the goose fat and the pig fat and they were eating the butter fat and they were drinking the whole milk and they were eating cream and they were eating eating ice cream, and these people were not plagued with the chronic disease and the trouble that we have today. So we're not talking about something that's going to be extreme or odd or somebody just came up with this. We're talking about going back to the way of eating that has worked for many, many, many thousands of years for people and has kept them healthy. And the basics here are eat whole, real foods, including whole, real fat. And So for those of you who might be concerned about, well, I have heart disease in my family, for you, what I want you to know is that heart disease is caused from inflammation. And you can just pick up pretty much any magazine, like Time magazine. This is out in the common common newspapers and common magazines. It's gotten out that far now. It's becoming very common knowledge that, really all chronic disease and specifically heart disease starts with inflammation. And if we talk about dietary issues with inflammation, what would you eat that would cause inflammation? There's two main categories here. One of them would be sugar and excess carbs. So we'll just talk about that real quick. When you eat excess sugar and excess carbs, you have a lot of blood sugar now in your bloodstream. You need to put out a lot of insulin in order to calm that down and lower the blood sugar and put that sugar inside the cell. And some of that sugar gets made into triglycerides in your liver and the excess sugar goes and it's put away as body fat. Now, if you do that once, it's not an issue. But for most people, that happens once a day or maybe a few times a day where there's excess blood sugar happening. That excess blood sugar in the bloodstream and the excess insulin are highly inflammatory. So, those two substances, the blood sugar and the insulin, inflame the inside of the arterial wall. That arterial wall becomes inflamed red and kind of scratchy. Okay, it's not smooth anymore, it's scratchy. Now, that presents a surface where excess calcium moving around can form calcium deposits. So, now we have inflammation, we have calcium deposits, and then your body tries to repair itself so that inside of the arterial wall wants to try to grow over that, kind of like making a scab. But now it's a big lump. That sends messages to your body that we need some cholesterol. Cholesterol is actually a wonderful substance in your body that comes to the rescue to help to smooth over and heal all of this trouble happening inside the arteries. So what might happen, maybe that, ends up getting occluded, and then there happens to be cholesterol at the site. But the cholesterol was not what caused the problem in the first place. It was the infl- inflammation. And so if we back up, that was inflammation caused by Too much sugar, too many carbs, too high of blood sugar, and too high of insulin. So what you would do about that if you're concerned about heart disease is I would suggest that you go to your doctor and ask for an insulin level. Or if you can order that for yourself, get an insulin level. And what you're looking for is an insulin level between 2 and 5. And if you were one of those people that likes units, it's micro-international units per ml. And so that's just how all insulin is measured in those units. Two and five is what you're looking for, two to five. That's not what the lab value is going to say. So when you get your printout from the lab, it will tell you that normal is much higher than that. What you need to know is those lab values are from normal Americans. But as we know, normal Americans have high insulin. They have trouble with diabetes and obesity. So we don't actually want to have insulin levels of normal Americans. We would rather have them of other kinds of people who live maybe in other countries who are very, very healthy, and it's been found that their insulin levels are between 2 and 5. So most experts now would agree that you want that insulin level quite low, between 2 and 5. when and your ins-
2: insulin level is different than glucose level.
3: A lot of doctors doctors want to get 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 that test. Yep, you want to just ask for the insulin level. And when you find that you get your insulin level lower down, it's going to be much easier for you to lose body fat. So if we want to just back up a little bit, And understand that your body is a very, very smart organism and it has all kinds of chemical messengers and one whole category of chemical messengers is your hormones. They go around and they tell your cells what to do. So if you have high insulin, that insulin is going to continue to send messages to your body to store fat. And that would be excess insulin, not somebody with just a nice normal insulin level of 2 to 5. So say your insulin level is 12, that's sending your body a message that says, no matter how little you eat, no matter how much you exercise, we're going to preferentially want to store fat. And so if you're somebody that's interested in improving your body composition and losing that excess body fat, you have to lower your insulin level. And, and it's hard to lower it if you don't know what it is. That's why you want to go out and get it checked and see what it is for yourself then you lower the insulin level by decreasing your sugar consumption and decreasing your carbs. And we have many, many tools for people on our blog in terms of recipes, so this doesn't mean a life without having any chocolate anymore or any things that taste good. That's why we come up with these recipes that, that are actually quite high in good fats. They have no sugar in them at all. They don't raise your blood sugar even a speck. And they give you a lot of satisfaction and enable you to get sugar out of your diet so you can lower your insulin level and then you can start to become a lean fat burning machine instead of a body that continues to want to store fat no matter how much you cut back and cut back. Okay, so I'm just going to back up here because I told you that there are two main categories of foods that can cause inflammation. And one of those would be the excess sugar and carbs, and the other one is going to be damaged fats. So this comes in where it's going to make a huge difference if you're going to start eating more fat, which fats you choose. So these are the ones that you're want, going to want to get rid of completely. Things like Crisco. If you have any of that, you need to just get rid of it. And if you're really concerned about baking, think about substituting coconut oil instead of the Crisco for that. So you want to get rid of any Crisco. If you have corn oil or soybean oil, get rid of those. Those are under the category of polyunsaturated fats shots. And polyunsaturated fats coming straight out from the vegetable would be very, very beneficial for people if you got that directly from that piece of corn. However, polyunsaturated fats are highly unstable. So once they're extracted from the vegetable, they're exposed to light and air. They become rancid or oxidized instantly. And so the companies that are making these oils now need to deodorize them. They use a lot of chemicals to do that. And then it looks brown, so they have to color it and do all kinds of manipulations so that the oil looks like it's this nice yellow golden color. It looks healthy, but it's not. So if you're eating those kinds of oils, those are inflammatory, and those are the types of fats that do lead to heart disease. So it is true that fat leads to heart disease, but it's damaged fats, and the mechanism isn't because they're clogging your arteries. It's because they're creating an inflammatory Reaction in your body and inflaming the arterial wall, drawing calcium there for calcium deposits then drawing the cholesterol there until that artery is blocked. But it's not the cholesterol that's causing the problem. It's the inflammation. So that's why we want to get those inflammatory fats out of your diet. These are the fats that you would focus on. Olive oil. Get a good, high-quality extra virgin organic olive oil. And if you don't like the taste of it, try different ones. Some of them have a stronger taste than others. Use olive oil. Find a source of pasture butter. Pasture butter is going to be butter that was from pastured cows, meaning that they spent their entire life eating grass and they were never given corn. So you want to completely avoid butter that's not pasture butter. If you can find a source of raw pasture butter, that's going to be even better yet. That's difficult to find, but it is possible if you have a source. Coconut oil is going to be another staple for oils. Choose organic coconut oil of the highest quality that you can find. And then there are a few other various oils that could be fine in small quantities, and that could be small quantities of organic peanut oil, maybe almond oil, sesame oil, There's hazelnut oil. Those ones can be used in small quantities. If you keep it in the refrigerator and be sure to use it up, smell it before you use it, be sure that it's not a damaged fat at all, that it's not rancid. Those ones can get rancid pretty early. And so we want to find that when you eat a diet that's actually higher in fat, and a lot of us now eat a diet that's 60 to 80 or 90% of the calories are actually fat, you're going to find that your insulin level goes down, you become able to burn fat quickly and you can lose body fat now we have so much more to discuss on body composition we're going to be continuing this topic next week because we have more to discuss about losing body fat and about the fats that you eat and we're also going to be discussing muscle because we want to maintain muscle as we age and maybe actually increase it by a couple pounds or even more than a few pounds for some people in order to have ideal body composition and when you have ideal body composition that leads you towards ideal ideal health for you and we're so glad that you could join us for our radio show today right Lucy we
2: are continue the conversation on our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com and you can also join us on our body Balanced nutrition Facebook page I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie and that's our show
1: Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Lucy Hewitt for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.